Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And we're glad for our physical congregation that is congregating uh, around the uh, around the Word of God on the website. And we thank God for our, our digital media congregation. Amen. We're not stealing sheep. We're, you, this is not taking you from your pastor, your church. This is just just allowing you some 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 opportunity for Bible study if you choose to with us and we're so glad you've come uh, some of you would be physically with us if you were in our state and in our area some of you are from different parts uh, of the world different continents certainly different states in America and we're just glad that you are part of our digital congregation today one thing is for sure when we gather around the word of God when we gather together in his name <laughs> I'm glad the name of this broadcast is not let's talk about Robert Venable <laughs> Amen. or let's talk about uh, there's a myriad of other names and things we could talk about but because it's let's talk about Jesus and because we are here in his name if two or more of you gather together in my name there's a personal promise from Jesus there am I in the midst of them. He's right here with me to help me minister today. The Holy Spirit is here. The Father is present. Amen. He's right there with you today. Glory to God. And together we have uh, have the opportunity to go to His Word and through His Word begin to know and understand Him better. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're talking about Jesus today. We're talking about a subject that we need in the this chaotic time that we are in. The unrest around the world is not just the pandemic itself, but the spirit behind it all. The evil one is causing global uh, shakings and unrest and lawlessness and, and bringing all kinds of perplexity to the world. Uh, you know, it, it, the Bible spoke of the the end time and the coming tribulation, and it said there would be distress of nations with perplexity. That word perplexity means puzzlement. You know, they they can't even agree on 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 things between the different health agencies and the different doctors and scientists and politicians, and it's just confusion. Make no mistake about it, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And it's that peace and that rest of faith that He's calling us to as His children to set us in sharp contrast to the world that is filled with such fear and trepidation. Oh, your testimony, amen, will stand out if you and I begin to walk in that, that peace and consolation, confidence and courage that really knowing God and His Word is going to bring us. Hallelujah. So our, our subject is, is resting on God's faithfulness. I want you to say that with me. I know I can't hear you, but I'd just like us to say it together. One, two, three. Resting on God's 
faithfulness. And I want to illustrate this if you want to turn in your Bible or write down the, the reference that you can read later. Hebrews six thirteen through 19 on the subject resting on God's faithfulness. All right, this is a true story, and it intrigued me years ago. It intrigues me as I prepare to share it again. A missionary to a tribe in the jungles of South Africa years ago struggled to find a word in their language to explain faith as we find it in the New Testament. A week later, a couch arrived by boat for the mission home a little thatched roof mission home for he and his wife. They were going to live among these people, share the gospel with them, and teach them from the Word of God. And four of the men of the tribe uh, went down uh, to where the river uh, uh, stopped long enough to unload this couch from this boat. Amen. (laughs) And, uh, And they carried it a mile from the river. One man, weary from the journey, sat down on it. When he got to the mission home, he asked permission by gesturing. gesturing, And and the missionary said, go ahead by gesturing. And he sat down on it and he uttered a word the moment in his weariness he sat down. He'd never seen a couch before, never sat on something like that. And he uttered a word. And immediately the missionary asked the interpreter, what was that word in his language and what does it mean? And the word in his language was meant to rest one's full weight upon. And that's the word that the missionary used in their language to explain faith in our language. Friend of mine, that's why I have titled this teaching, Resting on God's Faithfulness. Listen today. Amen. God wants to put a couch in your spiritual house. And He wants you to stretch out. Take the load off. Quit worrying and fretting. And don't let fear get a grip on you. God's got a grip on you today. Amen. And it's a mighty hand that is holding you. And not only is it a strong and mighty hand, but it is a nail-scarred hand. Hallelujah. Jesus promised, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you all the way, even unto the end of the age. You see, God is faithful to His own character of holiness. And that's what we're going to read about. I I talk about this a lot because it's so necessary. So many people have been taught to put faith in their resolve to believe, their ability to believe, instead of resting on His faithfulness. Faith in your faithfulness, if you waver in believing, then you will fail and the enemy will prevail. The shield of faith will come down. The fiery dart will get through. Faith in his faithfulness will constitute a shield that will quench every fiery dart of the devil. And that's the shield of faith. (laughs) In fact, it's really clear to me in the old covenant 
Thou, O Lord. The psalmist says, Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, (laughs) my glory and the lifter of my head. It's all about God, isn't it? It's all about knowing His character, His person, so that we can claim His promise. So faith doesn't come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God by initially claiming a promise finding and claiming a promise. It comes by hearing the Word of God because through the Word of God we come to the correct knowledge of a person, of God's person. I love what the disciples, they were so intrigued by hearing Jesus talk to the Father and talk about the Father. They said, show us the Father. And it suffices us. And Jesus said, have you been with me all this time? And you say you haven't seen the Father. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You see, someone has said correctly, if God was a man, Jesus is the man. That way we can know God through Christ. Hallelujah. Even though God is a spirit and, and, and sometimes he can seem so in the abstract. He's in some essence in the sky. No, no, he's a person with a personality. And Jesus showed us the Father. He even said, the words I speak are not mine, what I see my Father say. And the works I do are not mine, but what I see the Father do. When you see me, you've seen the Father. Oh, what a good Father we have. Can you say man out there in the listening audience? I want you to say that with me. Resting on God's faithfulness. Say it with me now. Resting on God's faithfulness. Hallelujah. God is faithful to His own character of holiness. Listen to Hebrews six thirteen through 19. It said, For when God made promise to Abraham, he could swear by no greater. He swear by himself. Because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. In other words, God made then promise to keep his promise and his own oath to keep his promise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Was to become, as we read down in this, an anchor for our soul and how we need our soul anchored in the absolute integrity of the word and the faithfulness of God to perform it. Amen. How we need in this time of great storm and when the sea it threatens to sink sink ships, oh friend, we need an anchor that is sure and steadfast. Listen, I'm going to read this again. I don't want to hurry through this. I want to get deep into it today. Faith in God's faithfulness is the anchor for your soul. When our mind is overwhelmed with questions, when our emotions are tossed by the storm until we're hypersensitized to our enemies and and the uncertainties of living in a faulty body in a fallen world, we need an anchor that that will stabilize our wavering faith. And I'm going to tell you we're about to get one. 
Praise God, we can put the anchor out and let the storm blow itself out because it will blow itself out, but the anchor will hold us steady. Hallelujah. Hebrews 6, 13 through 19, it says in verse 13, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. There is the promise. But he doesn't stop there. He made an oath to keep his promise so Abraham could patiently endure until the promise was kept. (laughs) Hallelujah. Listen to verse 14. Saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he, Abraham, had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men, verse 16 says, Verily swear by the greater, and an oath for a confirmation is to them an end of all strife. That's back when a man's word was his bond, especially when he swore, uh, and, you know, by the greater, by, by, by the greater than himself. And God said, There's none greater than me, so I swear by myself. Verse 17 says, Wherein God, willing more abundantly, to show the heirs, not just Abraham, but all of us, the heirs of his promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it with an oath. By two immutable things, verse 18, in which it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope set before us. Verse 19 says, Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Well, what was within the veil? What was behind the veil? The Ark of the Covenant and what was in the Ark? Yes, it was there. But there was something else there. In fact, there was someone else there. Hallelujah. God's manifestation of His earthly presence was behind that linen veil. And it enters into the very person of God. Before we stand on the promise of God, claim the promise of God, we are to get to know the person of God and anchor our soul and our faith in His faithfulness. God swore by Himself. By two immutable things. In the Greek it means fixed and unalterable. Two immutable things. What were they? His word and His oath to perform it. Hallelujah. God puts His honor on the line so that we might have confident, expectant faith, no matter what the circumstance. God will come through. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Amen. You know, the the reason Abraham could faithfully endure until the promise was kept is because he began 
to know the God who said to him, I'm going to bless you and I commit myself to keep this promise. Abraham's a hundred. What did he have to endure? The circumstances? Oh my, yes, he's a hundred years old. The promise hasn't come through yet. Sarah's 90. The promise hasn't come through yet. How's he going to make my seed like the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore when I'm I'm too old to sire a child and she's too old to bear one? And by the way, Sarah was barren to begin with. It's a double negative. Amen. But he endured waiting on the promise patiently. After he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Oh, friend of mine. Hebrews chapter 10 begins to tell us that we, we, we have need of patience. Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. <laughs> but you have need of patience that after you have, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. In God's timing, in God's wisdom, in God's way, God is going to keep His promise, and it doesn't matter what the circumstances seem to be. Amen. God is not limited. We limit Him sometimes because of circumstances. But God is not limited by circumstances. And if we keep trusting Him, if we patiently endure, we will obtain every promise of God. Hallelujah. You see, friend, God puts His honor on the line so that we might have confident, expectant faith no matter what the circumstance. God will come. He that shall come will come. He's coming in the sense of manifesting that promise to you. This is not about the soon coming or the second coming of Christ, the rapture or his earthly reign. This is about God keeping promises to those who patiently endure. Hallelujah. He won't fail. He will not forsake us. Glory to God. You see, under faith is rooted in the faithfulness of God. We had a radio broadcast years ago called Foundations for Faith. Because everything in our broadcast was based on Scripture. And we wanted to lay a foundation for our faith so our faith could be established and grow. And we didn't start out with the promises of God through His covenant and the new covenant. We started out with the person of God and His integrity and His promise to keep his promises. Hallelujah. Praise God. Faith, therefore, is rooted in the faithfulness of God. Understanding the faithfulness of God will set us free. Amen. Again, the power of faith and trust spring from and blossom out of the soil of a personal apprehension and appreciation for the faithfulness of God. We're to remember that God is true. Amen. Hath He not said it and will He not do it? Many Christians are like yo-yos coming up and down, up and down, up and down. There's no real stability in their life. 
This could be you today, but listen, I'm not here to point the finger at you. I'm here to point the finger at God and say, don't look at yourself and your your instability. Look to God for stability. Amen. He he doesn't he's not criticizing you. He just he wants you to get out of that roller coaster experience of such great highs and such terrible, disappointing lows. Amen. There's no stability in our life that way. One day they're on fire for the Lord. They're a terror for God and a terror to the devil. The next day they're flat on their face. Have you ever found yourself that way? Amen. Some I know some people that were that way, but they've been receiving the Word of God and their faith has been growing and maturing and becoming more stable Amen. <laughs> Used to, I'd hear hear about them. I'd say, "Well, you know, it's the yo-yo. There's, <laughs> there goes yo-yo again. And no matter how high they're up today, the next thing you hear, they're deep down in the valley." Oh, friend of mine, God is going to help us. He helped Abraham. He said, "I didn't just give him a promise." I gave him a promise to keep the promise. (laughs) Hallelujah. My oath to confirm it by these two immutable things. (laughs) We have a hope that becomes an anchor of our soul. And that anchor entereth into that that is behind the veil. The God who cannot be moved. The God who is eternally God. Hallelujah. His, his absolute integrity and character. We anchor our soul in that so that we can stand on the word, so that we can believe the promise and receive every promise of God. Every promise of God suddenly becomes yea. And amen, because we're able to believe for them and thereby receive them. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. One day, some people are up, the next day, flat on their face. And they wonder, what in the world happened? Did anybody get the license plate of the truck that just ran over me? (laughs) I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, someone said. And it was a freight train. Oh, friend of mine. That that was strengthened, stabilized our trust and deepen our faith is having a real, clear, correct understanding of the character of God. God is a spirit, but he's a spirit with a personality and a character. Hallelujah. Amen. And once we discover what we need to discover about him... We're laying a foundation for our faith in Him. And we begin to rest on Him. Hallelujah. We should never rely on our feelings. Can anybody amen that? I heard that amen. Amen. I, I Listen, I've been the yo-yo. I've been there. I've been all of these things. But thank God. God, the more I get in the Word of God, the more the Word of God gets in me, and the more that through the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit and by Christ's own example, we begin to know the Father, we begin to trust Him, 
And instead of wringing our hands, we begin to raise our hands in praise and adoration. Hallelujah. Instead of tossing and turning, we begin to rest on Him. We get a spiritual couch. And instead of being wore out from wrestling with the devil and wrestling with our flesh and wrestling to believe and wrestling with our circumstance, we begin to rest on God. Amen. And we begin to find a peace that passes understanding so that we can patiently endure while believing God from a place of rest instead of a place of fretting and fighting. Fighting the good fight of faith, amen, means resting it all on God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Trusting in Him and saying, you know, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know when, but I know whom I believed. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You see, faith is not an object to be obtained. It's not a thing. If you're on a search for faith, you will never find it. I, I love what I think it was Moody said. He said, I, I prayed for faith. I prayed for faith. I sought for faith. And faith never came. One day I read and it jumped out of the page to me in Scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And faith, he said, has been growing ever since. You see, it's in seeing him. As he truly is. You cannot help but believe if we see him as he truly is. There's so many misled Christians who are seeking for faith, trying to find faith, saying, If I find faith, I'll be able to grab the promises of God, I'll be able to receive the power of God. That kind of search, and one person put it this way he said, That's like a cul de sac, a dead end street. Again, you can't find faith. It's not something, it's not an object, it's not a thing. It's not just a force within you. It's a Father who wants to reveal Himself to you. <laughs> oh, I want to say that again. It's, come on, come on. This is not Star Wars fantasies here. This is not Eastern religious uh, abstract thinking. This is God revealing Himself to us through His Son, and through the Scriptures. Amen. That we might know Him enough to trust Him with all that we are and all that we have. Hallelujah. Praise God. In seeing God as He is, knowing Him as He is, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word. Not initially the promise, but initially the person who made the promise so that we can claim the promise with absolute confidence and insurance and patiently endure until the promise is kept. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hudson Taylor's spiritual secret to faith. Listen to his own words. He said, I strove for faith, but it would not come. I tried to exercise faith, but in vain. Seeing more and more the wondrous supply of grace laid up in Jesus, the fullness of our precious Savior, my guilt and helplessness seemed to increase. Sins committed appeared as trifles 
compared to the sin of unbelief, which was their cause, which could not or would not take God at His word. Unbelief, I felt, was the damning sin of the world, yet I found myself indulging in it. I prayed for faith, but it came not. What was I to do? When my agony of soul was at its height, a sentence from a dear brother was used to reveal the remove the scales from my eyes. The Spirit of God revealed to me the truth of our oneness with Christ as I have never known it before. This dear friend who had much exercised by the same sense of failure but saw the light before I did wrote, and I quote from memory, But how to get faith strengthened? Not by striving after faith, but by resting on the faithful one. Hallelujah. What confirmation today. But by resting on the faithful one. As I read, I saw it all. I looked to Jesus. And when I saw, oh, how joy flowed. And he that he had said, I will never leave thee, never forsake thee. Ah, I love the way he worded this. Ah, there is rest, I thought. I have striven in vain to rest in him. I'll strive no more. For has he not promised to abide with me, to never leave me, never fail me? Hallelujah. You can see Hudson Taylor fighting until he wore himself out trying to exercise faith. But when he began to get a revelation through the Word of God of the truth of God's faithfulness, and then he read something he must have read many times before, but he never read it while resting in the full assurance of its truth. I'll never leave you. I'm with you. He stretched out on that couch. <laughs> Hallelujah. Resting on God's person. And thereby, from that place of taking hold of the promise. Amen. Not fighting for it. Not striving for it. Fighting the good fight of faith is fighting from the posture of the absolute assurance that everything God said is true and He backs it up with His promise to keep His promise. Hallelujah. Oh, my dear friend, I feel you today. I know what it is to have these wonderful highs only to drop to these deep, dark lows in our life. We are going to have something occur as God helps us and the Holy Spirit helps us as Christ sustains us. As we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and we see through Him the very nature and character of the Father, and we begin to stabilize that wavering faith, and we begin to demonstrate in the midst of this pandemic and the pandonium that it's created, a consolation, a confidence, and a courage, and a hope for the future that the world can't give.
but that we possess in Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. I, I, I like what Uncle, Uncle Bud Robinson said when we get the kind of testimony that people can actually see something viable, visible, tangible. He didn't use those words, but, but here's the words he used. When they see it, they will come to you like bees buzzing around honey. Hallelujah. They'll be drawn to you. Praise God. Amen. We better get ready. We get our faith stabilized and people see us with a, in a different atmosphere, with a different attitude, looking at the same things that they are seeing in our world today. They're going to ask a question. Where? Do you get that kind of hope? The Bible said be instant in season, out of season, ready to give an answer to all men for the reason of the hope that's in you. God wants to give us that kind of resting faith, that kind of powerful, visible, viable hope that the whole world can say, I don't know where they got it, but I need it. I know where they didn't get it. It wasn't CNN. It wasn't Fox News, red states, blue states, politicians, presidents, world leaders, vaccine scientists. They're getting it from God and how we need it. Because none of the rest of the things and people can do what only He can do. And we have His promise to keep His promise. Dear friend, if you don't know Jesus today, here's what the Scriptures say about you. It says you were without hope and without God in this present world. That's a terrible and terrifying place to be. Without God and therefore without hope. Completely helpless without God and therefore hopeless. Oh, friend, how God wants to give you hope. He wants you to come to Christ, to look to Him as your Savior and your Sovereign, and to God as your Sovereign. If you will repent of your sin and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He will welcome you with open arms. And the promise He makes to every child of His I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way even to the end of the age. That promise can be yours and every other promise that He's made in the new covenant. You can claim. Because the moment you're reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus Christ, All the promises of God become yea and amen. His promise to forgive is yours. His promise to deliver and set free, it's yours. His promise to provide, it's yours, whatever you need. Everything that pertains to life and godliness in the middle of the pandemonium and the pandemic, it's yours to claim. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, this is a day when many are going to be swept into the kingdom of God and find peace in the midst of the storm and hope 
that nothing can take away. In Jesus' name.